ladies and gents. What's good, people? It's Reg. It's Stone. And it's the list season. We'll be going through our top 20, top 20 lists of the best music of the last decade, century, and day. We're going to start off with our top 10 Kanye West guest appearances, followed up with our best top 50 Travis Scott yelps in the background. And on top of that, we'll be going into our favorite Cameron ad-libs of the past 45 years. Dude, what are we, Pitchfork? I feel <laughs> I was mad at Pitchfork actually cuz they had they had the nerve to have fucking like uh they had a top basically long story short they had you know how they are so they dropped their fucking top 5000 albums of the decade top 5000 songs of the decade and they had a nerve to like to have the top music list like this week yeah and I was like what the fuck is y'all doing I'm like this is way too much information <laughs> at a certain point I'm I'm done with what you fucking throwing at me so fuck up it's said Shout out to Pooja. Shout, shout, shout out to Pooja. <laughs> I think she listens to the podcast. <laughs> I still want to mess with Pitchfork. I still ride. Yeah, Sometimes. I don't know. Sometimes. If they, if they agree with what I say, I ride for them. You ride for them? I don't know. know. They're, little, they're still a little, they're still a little, uh, little love the little, you know, artists of a certain persuasion playing a certain boring guitar rock music that are that is very, you know, I don't understand how Pitchfork could, this, this could bend over this I mean, we could go on and pitch for a minute. That's the whole, That's all like, the story. The whole the story. I've never seen a place where they'll be like, oh, this is mad derivative, yada, 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 this hip-hop, this electronic music, this yada, yada, yada. But this white guy with a guitar, he's doing something <laughs> fucking special. <laughs> he's figured out the key. Somehow these cowboy chords, these four cowboy chords, and him whining about his missing girlfriend is fucking genius. But fucking... That's music. That's music. That's real this is, this, music. This is real music. So it's, yeah. But, anyway, uh, anyway, so it's been, we've been away for a little bit. There's been life things yeah, it's, happening. It's we had to go live. You know, we were out there locked in the music world. You know, just we had to go out there and see, you know, what's happening out here? What, what's happening with the holidays? How, how do the regular people live who aren't music nerds like we do? You know, who aren't wasting their money on fucking concerts and fucking Spotify and fucking iTunes subscriptions? Like, how, how do they spend their day to day? And that's what we experienced. We went out there. We lived the life. And we came back to you to give you what we've learned out there. You know, that's and that's why we do what we do. You know? Amen. Amen. You know what I'm <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, but I, I guess we'll start off with the the I guess the most saddest news of it all. You know, rest in peace, Juice World. Yeah. Um, for those of you who don't know, you you know, long story short, he's probably and I hate the idea of a SoundCloud rap because it sounds very generic. But he's somebody where he was doing a lot of the autotune sing-songy stuff, like a la Young Thug, a la Future, but with a definitely heavy emo, you know, lean to it. Enough where I feel like, what was it? Was it um, okay, okay, go? I feel like there was a, there was an accusation where one of his songs kind of had the same similar flow oh, to wow. like another, like a real legit emo band. Wow. Yeah, so he had a couple of hits, you know, doing really well. It looks like what happened was basically his airplane landed. He carried an obscene amount of drugs. <laughs> 70 pounds of marijuana three guns and nobody knows exactly what happened if it was a suicide attempt if he was already on those drugs or if he was trying to hide those drugs but long story short while on the plane he ingested some pills had a seizure and, and died at 21 yeah and it's, and it's been a relatively bad run as far as young you know rap artists in like you know last what we have a year or two years between XXX Peep 
you know, yeah. now fucking Juice World. You've had other word tragedies like with year, people going to jail. Year and a half. Yeah, you had Kodak Black is in jail for another fucking five years, four or five years, I believe. You know, yeah, O Three Greedo in the West Coast is gonna go to jail for I feel like decades. You know, it's it's been a weird thing of where. Like, you've got a lot of these young, promising artists, and they're kind of getting caught up in, you know, either the system, you know, either in depression. There's a lot of there's a lot of sadness and death out there, and it's kind of like, you know, it, uh, I think what's kind of funny is what's been really depressing about these deaths is, you know, there's the idea of where, you know, 27, you'll kind of go out there and, you know, you live your, you know, two or three albums and, you know, live fast and die young, yada, yada, yada. 21 is not even, like, old enough to, like, live fast. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, it's something yeah. where you don't even get, and, like, it's going to sound kind of fucked up. You don't even get the good, <laughs> the good roadie stories. You know what I'm saying? The crazy, like, you barely, you know, all these acts are dying even before they're even real acts. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, before they have the asshole tour or world tour. These are guys who are just basically, like, their careers are just fucking starting and fucking life is getting taken away from them. So, you know, rest in peace. And hopefully, I don't know what's happening. You know, hopefully other people are kind of looking what's happening and they'll kind of step away. And I think what kind of shook me with the, and I feel like I'm going on a tangent here, what kind of shook me with Juice World in particular is the fact of where, what kind of manager do you have where you're showing up with literally fucking <laughs> yeah. five dispensaries worth of drugs yeah, <laughs> on and, a pirate and- plane? Yeah. So yeah. I mean, so so here's my take on this. You know, obviously R.I.P. You know, I'm not going to say I'm a Juice World fan, but you know, he's had impact on people, and like you said, like this this whole we call it SoundCloud rap is almost a derivative, but it's the sound of the youth. It's the sound of like you know Generation whatever Z whatever, um, and they're going through some things right now. But I do have to say the circumstances around his death are kind of shady to me. Um, yes, he probably oh, did have like go go in there, baby, <laughs> conspiracy time. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like like he still yeah, he probably had like ten like huge bags of uh, of marijuana, seventy pounds. You know, like, I could not even carry seventy pounds of weed in the airport. My you know, arms would be fucking but, falling off. But you know, at the end of the day, like, is that worth like a SWAT team? No. Oh yeah, agreed. You know, um, but I, I guess like there's some circumstances around, you know, um, like did he take a bunch of pills to try to hide it and yeah. then like overdose? And it or, was Chicago PD, right? Yeah, Chicago Who's PD. Totally never not known for the corruption at all. For... Always perfectly clean. There's never been any movies, <laughs> TV shows, exposés. A hundred percent up and you up. Know, Exemplary police force. Yeah, not- notorious for some fuck shit. Yeah. So I think it's just like one of those things where I think there are some circumstances around his death that may or may not be cleared up. Um, I'm sure he probably had issues with drugs and lean and things like that. But yeah, at that moment, I'm not sure. Um, So I'm still a little skeptical. Um, But yeah, I mean, even that said, like, you know, obviously the dude has had issues with lean and drugs. And, you know, I, I know that there's like this kind of, I wouldn't say like, like vocal effort but i think a lot of rappers are now looking at this like lean percocet mix and saying like yo is this like the right <laughs> thing for my life right now oh yeah no it's it's, it's yeah and <laughs> and it, and like i said it's it's a weird it's a weird thing because like i said at least in a lot of the rock waves they tend to be older you know a lot of it is just kind of the youth and it makes you wonder like how like you know it's it's i think it's a little different because 
I don't know how to kind of say it because I, I in my mind it's like this, all right. So I, you know, I, grunge era. I remember a lot of these guys are dying. You know, you know, and it's weird in a weird way. It feels like a lot of the pain and dying even decades later. Kind of a lot of like like Chris Cornell things like yeah. that. So what's kind of interesting is the fact of where. Obviously, it has to do with the, you know being addiction and the opioid crisis. But like I said, what shocking to me is how young they are. But and, yeah, yeah, but you know what you know what it is though. Like these kids are now; these are the first true kids of like the social media generation. True, where they 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 were basically born in the social media, and they're born to like this ex like being exposed online, where you basically have to share your thoughts and share your feelings, but you also get all this feedback coming in from all across the world where as a rapper is negative feedback. And we'll talk that, about that a little bit later with Lizzo, where you also now have to process this instantaneous feedback. And I feel like, you know, it's the same shit, but now you're experiencing you know, fame like faster. It's faster. It's more. It's heavier. True. And you know, and it's more extreme. Yeah, no. You know, yeah. and I, I think that's where this is kind of the result of it now. It makes sense because the idea is that he's somebody where you know, even though like I said, his career was basically started, he was huge. Somebody's got a top. You know, it's like Lil Nas X kind of, where Lil Nas X has one song and he's a dude that's like on a thousand and one award shows. You know, TMZ following him, you know, things like that. And you have a point. I think maybe it's the idea of that celebrity and kind of like the, you know, celebrity and social media and influencing culture and the idea that, you know, as an artist, you just can't be an artist. You have to be out there on Twitter and be, you know, you have to be basically your own A&R. You have to be your own fucking management company. You have to be your own PR firm. Yeah. It's a lot. And, and I think maybe you kind of hit on the nail, the, the nail on the head just because I'm like, you know, for me, it's weird to kind of see these, like I said, it's just the age. And not to say that 25, 26, 27 is... It's old, it's definitely not, but fuck, man, you, 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 some of these kids can't even fucking drink, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, no, definitely, yeah. definitely, and, and, you know, even Lil Nas X has, like, talked about, like, leaving Twitter and things like, you know, a, a lot of artists now are just, like, looking at this, because it's depressing, yeah. and when you have Lean and Percocet, like, right next to you, and you have, like, bags of weed right next to you, like, you know, it's no different from, you know, what, what, all the you know, sickies rockers were doing. Yeah, <laughs> it's just true. happening. At, like the, the the drugs are way more potent. Yeah, and it's it's all accelerated. It's just the technology is caught up with it. Yeah, yeah, like and more available yeah. than there there than ever has been before. Yeah, so, so and some like somebody like uh, you know Juice World is just. I mean, you got caught up in that. Hmm. So yeah, yeah, it's 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 kind of crazy. It's really crazy right uh, now. Fuck. Anyway, rest, rest in peace. <laughs> rest know, in hopefully, peace. Hopefully, you know, we'll do better as a whole. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know. Well, what, what else is happening in the world that as we were out there experiencing, you know, our lives, living our lives? What, what else is there? Oh, I see. A billboard. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, it's not like we have a list of here or anything in the, in the background that we're not reading. Apologies. But, uh, but yeah, no. So long story short, after gaming the system for many years, I remember when Prince had his album come out. It was like maybe like 15 years ago in the UK, and he they basically put the album in the actual newspaper, and that counted as quote unquote sales. Yeah. So apparently, Billboard has decided like enough is enough. You know, we were about to have some new rap war. You know, saying DJ Khaled versus Tyler. There's gonna be blood in these streets, shooters <laughs> everywhere on skateboards and fancy socks. And overweight Middle Eastern dudes, you know, out there battling out. And Billboard came in like fucking, you know, like a hip-hop MC, calmed everybody down. And from now on, it's going to be much harder to kind of bundle your record sales along with your merch, along with your tickets, 
along with anything else to have the arbitrary I have the number one record in the United States fucking award. Yeah, and you know, I don't know how I feel about this. Like, like, yeah, they're like the way that Khaled was doing like these bundling deals was like really extreme, and I think that's probably like what tipped the needle. Um, but you know, I also feel like. You know, I know, like, Travis Scott got called out for this by Nicki Minaj, but I think, like, that was bundled with a merch deal. So it's not like you're buying some random product or it's, like, some, like, offbeat thing. It was, like, yeah. something that's tied into... A little more legit, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. like, the culture of, of yeah. what Travis Scott is. Um, I think it's it's really interesting now because, like, like we're we're stay discussing, like, what an album is now. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and... I think in a, in a certain amount of time, like none of this will matter. Like in a certain amount of time, there will be like a billboard chart for playlists or some some random shit like that. Just because, like we the concept of album, I think it's changing and morphing, and I think like billboard is not going to keep up. You know, I, I you know I, I remember you were talking about was it like Tool or somebody like they had like this big like you open up the the, the it was a CD. whole like multimedia video player thingy that they were selling the album in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, like, is that, I mean, that should count, right? Like, that that's like, you know, like, you get a CD with it, right? Like, that's cool. That should count. I mean, like, it's going to be this point where, like, you know, artists now have so much creativity, like, that Billboard's not going to keep up. So, I understand where they're coming from with this. I understand, like, there's been some some really egregious things. It's definitely DJ Khaled, like, the way he, he did his bundling was super egregious. But I also feel like... Like we're gonna have to like come up with a, with a new metric, just because it's it's like the the sky's the limit now. Oh yeah, no, and and I and not to be funny, it's like the idea of bundling items together. Like every time I'll go with my little indie rock punk thing, and I'll hear a new record, and I'll be like, all right, let me go support because I try to support more of the indie artists. There's always this like buy the record, buy the LP, and get a free T-shirt. And let's be honest. The, the t-shirt I'll probably wear more before I'll probably play the fucking LP. <laughs> so it always boils down to fucking streaming at the end of the day. So I, like, you're right. The, the idea that is this metrics of, well, you know, he sold out X amount of, X amount of records is, is archaic to the extreme. Just, there's no, you know, even the idea of somebody, like it takes 18 steps to buy something on iTunes than yeah. it does to go and just fucking hit the button and have it play automatically. Yeah. So it's, it's, a, it's an old school idea. So it's, it's about time to kind of fix those rules. It's going to be interesting. Just to see how, <laughs> two things. One, how artists kind of, you know, change their flexes. And also, B, how record labels will find a way to rip you off other ways. Yeah, no, definitely, <laughs> definitely. And, and, and there's another thing I think they're talking about changing, too. Because, like, this whole um, album equivalent units, right? So, basically, it's basically saying, like, okay, when you stream an album. So, say, let's let's put, like, uh, Lil Nas X out there, right? So Lil Nas X drops the EP with seven seven tracks. Grammy nominated, by the way. Grammy not look ar- artists. Gr- <laughs> I will have my Lil Nas but- X speech when we have our top ten. <laughs> One of the greatest artists who's ever lived. <laughs> Beethoven, watch out. But for the most part, it has seven tracks, right? For the most part, only two of those tracks, like the two of the tracks, generate ninety percent of the streams. But they count towards the streams for all seven of those tracks right so that that basically makes this a number one album but basically that's because only people are only like listening to two songs two hit singles which is you know it's, it's, but then at the same time you can make the argument that's a lot of number one albums back in the days remember they used to be at the whole thing of where so you come out for uh, you know back this listen, listen here kiddies so back in the days where you had like cassette tapes and cd singles and and 45s 
Um, there was a thing where you would release a song, you know, you'll get a little buzz on, on a single. If that song became really big, what would happen is the record co- record company would call the record stores, recall those singles, and just have the album on the shelf. So that way, the album would have to sell to if you wanted to get the single itself. Oh, wow. yeah, so that was that's an old school, oh. you know, technique from back in the brick and mortar days. Oh. So you used to have to actually walk into a store and buy music. Did not know that. Yeah, the dinosaur era and shit. You walk around there, <laughs> fucking looking like Fred Flintstone or fucking riding dinosaurs or fucking clubs. It was crazy back then. So man. you know, it's it's the same shit. Yeah, yeah, this is all the same shit. But uh, but no, I mean, it's 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 going to be interesting to see what happens with this and. I, I think we're just at a point now where like Billboard is just they're really just struggling to keep up, and you know I I, I feel for them. Well, you, you know, know it's it's, it's the, their paradigm is disappearing. I mean, it's there's definitely. I mean, the bigger idea is all right. So we've kind of settled on how we listen to music, and uh, I think to a certain extent we've kind of I can't say we've settled per se, but there's an idea that algorithm will serve as the gatekeeper. Yeah, but I do think that the space of where it can't only be by computers, and I think that's Billboard's issue, is this how do you, like, what's, and obviously this is the total abstract thing, but somehow we've accepted the idea that in music, there's an idea of sales equals quality, and this is the best top, this, these are the biggest hits, yeah. arbitrarily. And, and I think that we've got way too many things built up on that paradigm. So you, to kind of say that, no, all songs are all equal, that's not going to change. It still has to be a hit, and it still has to be a flop. So it's going to be interesting to see how that kind of changes. Furthermore, it's going to be interesting to see how it changes because, you know, we're looking for gatekeepers. The idea is that we don't have enough time to fucking yeah. you know, consume all these premium TV shows and all this music and yada, yada, yada. We want to know what's hot, you know, at any given time. And while the algorithm and the playlist kind of capture some of that, it's definitely not conclusive, you know. Oh, because no. the algorithm is it's gamed in its own. It wants to sell you shit. You know, it's... it's, it's it wait till we find out how a lot of this algorithm works. And you wouldn't be surprised if Payola is heavily involved with it also in the back end, too. It wants to keep you listening. Yeah. That's it, the, like, it only wants to, like, keep you, like, engaged. And, like, they don't want you to close your Spotify app and open up your Netflix yeah. app. Like, yeah. You know. And then so you could have four or five sound alike songs that will be played in a row as opposed to like four or five songs that don't sound alike, but, you know, they are still popular. So it's going to be interesting to see how that kind of dust settles over time. Yeah, yeah definitely. What else is there? Speaking of the music industry, you know, No Name had a Twitter tirade, Twitter, you know, on, on calling out, you know, the Caucasians, her fan base for showing up and basically supporting her, buying her tickets and buying her records. How dare they, you know? Yeah. So I thought this was like one of the most interesting things in music, but it's also the tale as old as time. Yes. Agreed. <laughs> this is the, we're the more better blues, man. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's just like a black artist comes out and makes black art and then goes out into like to, to perform this art and all of the audience is white. Yeah, it's of course. White, yeah. You know? I'm writing a, an article about JPEG Mafia and then like a, like a little quickie thing and then I made mention of the fact of where he comes in a long tradition of hip-hop artists who are socio-politically aware who are basically get paid a good amount of money to rap towards white people telling them about themselves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like literally like Chuck D, you know, Ice Cube is like, you guys suck and it's like, they're like, yeah, we do, you know. Yeah, and it's, it's very interesting, you know, like I, I went to uh, The Coup, I remember like seeing that show and I was, I mean, literally like four other black people <laughs> at Black Cat in D.C. Like in D.C., there's four other black people, you know. Um, so, yeah, no, no name was just, you know, like, hey, I'm thinking about quitting, you know, 
I put my art out there. Like I have this white audience, but like they really don't understand like what I'm trying really trying to say, which I think is true. I think like white audiences, for the most part, are consumers. Like this is entertainment to them. It sounds good. Like maybe it has a message, but like there's not going to be a deep resonance with that message. Is that fair? I don't know. I, 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 I'm going to come out so, on the side of whiteness because Lord knows uh-oh. they're always defending. But I make the argument that, you know, it goes back to music is a feeling. So I do think that generally, you know, a black artist going on stage and talking about how they feel alienated because of white supremacy can translate to a young white kid who feels alienated because his parents are divorced. And he's going through some tough shit. That said, will they have the deeper understanding of the pain? No. no, but a general translation of like, you know, this is a song about fucked up shit because I'm going through some fucked up shit. Are you going through some fucked up shit? Yeah, cool. This one's for you. I think that translates well. So I think it's a little bit unfair to say that to right. consumers. All right. Well, but because I we to... all know that white people need defending and I'm here to do it. <laughs> I am waiting for that check, white man. My, I'll give you my address in the fucking podcast bio. <laughs> well, no, I, but, but I mean, like, take artists like, say like Solange like I know a lot of white people who love like like the past two Solange albums but those two albums are coming from (laughs) (laughs) a depth of black female perspective that I think even like if white people understand like it's deep like if you're a black woman and even me as a black man like I understand it's deep but I understand it deeper as a black woman. Like, if yeah, a black, yeah. you know, it's, it's, black it's, woman like, will understand that like, on a, a deeper level. That's all I'm trying to say. Yeah. And I think there, there's levels to this game. Ah, <laughs> speaking like a true in our person. <laughs> but I think, I think, like, the one thing, and again, like, this has always popped up with, like, black artists, but I'm just like, nobody's really talking about why this is the case, right? Like, like is it more that. Like people, like black people, aren't showing up to No Name because they don't like resonate with No Name as an artist. Is it because like the venues are like not in black neighborhoods or charging like too much money? Like, I think like what's kind of like the core issue here? Oh yeah, and you and you've nailed it. There's a lot of issues. It's it's the idea of where No Name is somebody who, or I've seen at least in my feet where it pops up, she's playing these festival shows, which is great for the check. But at the same time, these festival shows that pay for the check tends to have white audiences. You know, going back to the idea of where, where can she play? How many spaces in any of your major cities are there where, and that's, it's fucked up to say 2019, are black friendly? You know, you still go to plenty of places where it's like, you know, and I love how they still have those signs up as if black people are still wearing A baggy jeans, <laughs> B Tim's, and C do rags. <laughs> I guess apparently thugs are tra- time traveling now into 2019 and shooting up a space as if, you know, thuggy dudes aren't wearing skinny jeans and fucking, you know, cool ass tees. Somehow, you know, it's baggy jeans. But yeah, it's the idea of where there's a lot of reasons why. And I know in the, in her tirade, she kind of touched along the lines of, well, you know, there was some classism there because I feel like some people are insinuating that it's because of like, you know, like Megan Thee Stallion and, and the baby and how, you know, there's probably a lot of black people at their shows. But then... I don't even know if that's necessarily true because I know Megan Thee Stallion played the Deftones fucking concert and I was there a year ago and that shit was white as fuck. I doubt suddenly they imported a whole bunch of black people into San Diego to make that, that fucking, that piece. It's just the idea and maybe going back to what you were saying. It's a consumer. So we're still in a relatively very white world where most of the disposable income is with white folks 
and generally capitalism aims towards that direction. Even if you're making black art, it's hard, it's hard out there for black artists to make black art for black people because a, just on a white supremacy level, that was never really allowed or at least frowned upon because it's like, what are y'all doing all here together? Yeah. You know, are you planning to kill white people and get revenge on us? We don't like this. <laughs> and then B is the idea of where, you know, we want to have art, you know, whatever you're creating is really for our consumption. So it's just like, cool, you're doing this and, you know, yada, yada, yada. You've got these beats and, you know, it's speaking towards a black experience, but I want it in a package where I can consume it the best way I possibly can. And I've set the system up so that way, that's the way it should be. Yeah, and, and you know, I I don't I don't know if there's any way to get around that. I mean, like you have an artist like a Saul like Saul Williams, where like I went to a Saul Williams concert, and it was probably majority white. Yeah, <laughs> he's probably like blackity black, black black. Yeah, yeah. You know? And I think yeah, I think the class thing is is fairly interesting because I I feel like that's the only real um, differentiators is you know like like artists who are playing like 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 more hood venues, or whatever. They're going to get a more black audience or like, you know, R&B, <laughs> like classic R&B or like Erica Badu. But even Erica Badu is playing like festivals now. Yeah, and, like, and, and, last time I saw her, it was like a majority white audience. Yeah. I've seen Badu. You know? Yeah. And it's like, it'll be a mixed crowd, but it's definitely not a black crowd. Capital B. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've, I've seen her in a black crowd, but like, again, like she, she's got to get that bag yeah. and that's kind of where the money is. So yeah. it's, it's, I don't, I don't think there's a, a, a true answer to it. Um, you know, and, and I, I, I feel for artists that are kind of like looking up and they're saying like, you know, like all these white people, like I've been in spaces, like I remember like the Jay-Z concert where he, he did Jigga My Nigga in front of like all white people at a tech conference <laughs> and like turned the like microphone to the crowd when the you know, like the My Nigga part came out and like all these white people said My Nigga. <laughs> I was there for that, and like, I mean, I don't, I, you know, maybe it's some trolling on Jay Z. I don't know, but like, yeah, this is an uncomfortable experience, especially when you're speaking your truth as an artist. But I don't know the solution, fam. Yeah, I don't it's, know. It's, it's, it's built into capitalism, like I said. It's, it's. I, I get to, I, and I felt bad because a lot of her fans felt attacked. Like, why yeah. are you speaking to me? You know, I, I am woke. You know, I, I gave to the NAACP. I, you know, all this shit, and it's like it's not that. It's, it's the idea of where she, like, she said, I, I create very blackity black art. So it's very weird for me to create blackity black art. You know, keep it unfiltered, keep it one hundred percent true, and then you know, I show up for a venue. And it's and there's nobody blackly black here. Yeah, no, no, definitely, yeah. definitely. So uh, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I, I feel for her. yeah, yeah. And uh, what else? Oh, Lizzo, the, the, another female MC. She was, but she was, she's, she's, she was MC she's, first though. As, as Spotify would say, she's genre fluid. Genre, genre fluid. Genre Ooh, fluid. That's a new one. <laughs> I want to be genre fluid. Ooh, that sounds a little sexy. You didn't do that. Your little Ooh. Spotify year in recap. No, I, I, you don't understand my Spotify because I, I, I am an old man deep down inside, despite this, this young veneer, and I do. <laughs> Like an uncool old man as I am, who probably wears fucking orthopedic shoes, I do Apple Music. Oh, that's, that's right. right. That's right. That's right. Yo, you see the meme? Like everybody's like looking, like it's like the crying Kermit the Frog looking out the window. Like Apple Music looking at the Spotify people <laughs> posting their year ends. Well, you know, I, I mean, Apple Music had their award show though that had basically two awards and spent the whole press release talking about how awesome the awards looked. <laughs> It was like it's it's made by titanium, made in, <laughs> from Thanos' hammer, <laughs> imported directly to 
Galaxy clusters made I mean, on look, 20 millimeter. The award looks dope, though. The award looks dope. That's what but, matters with Apple. The award was dope. Yeah. And I think but, Lizzo and Billie, Billie, Billie Eilish won. Yeah, That's which it. is, I'm like, come on, fam. Like, like really, y'all have to do all that? To like basically pick the most predictable artist of the year. Yeah, you know that's Apple's all about way trying way too hard. <laughs> Apple's the Apple's the short nerdy dude in your high school who's for some reason at prom showed up in like the fucking Escalade and shit. You know, it's like I get a Dexter, but you're still not fucking cool. <laughs> and speaking of Lizzo, Lizzo yeah. has some controversy. For basically showing up with, and I quote my shout outs to a dude who I know on online circles, Stacey Adams. He took his name, her without fit. <laughs> Ooh, I so, like that. Yeah, without fit. So Lizzo was out there in full without fit with the thong out at a sporting event, and everybody clutched their pearls. Oddly enough, a lot of the comments was less about, like, what about the kids, but, like, what about your dirty ass cheeks, which I thought was very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, do you know what happens in those seats? Yeah. You know, that's what, uh, but yeah, so it's, it's, it's a lot. I do see, I mean, I'll be honest with you, I thought it was a shaming. And I get it. I, I'll make the argument where, you know, a lot of her defenders are on some, like, yeah, whoopity whoop, 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 only because she's a big black woman, and that's 100% true. Lizzo gets a lot of fucking shit because she's a, 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 a she doesn't fit the idea of a fucking pop star. What's fucked up is Lizzo, Lizzo's hot. You know, some it's traditionally she's somebody where you know she's big, she's beautiful. The black community would show love. That's every gospel singer out there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So even her body type is not unusual as far as fucking music is concerned. But for some reason, for somebody who's crossover in the pop world, who's very unapologetically big and black, it's a big fucking deal. Who's fucked up? Who owns her sexuality? Too, who owns her sexuality? Which I think is, is really big. It's a really big. So that's where we go here. So, and, and we're discussing it where it's like, all right, she was doing some stuff where you know, yeah, people out there, you big thought, yada yada yada, all these little shitty comments, but. She's doing some shit that pop stars always do. Like how, like, ah, like how many body parts have we seen of fucking Madonna? How many body parts have we seen of Molly Cyrus? Oh, you know, yeah. like, like, come on. You know, Britney Spears is walking around fucking new nude fucking spandex for fucking ten years. You know what I'm saying? When she was like a fucking teenager, it's like these stunts aren't anything new. And to have this big blowback, 2019 is a weird thing. You know, it's not surprising though. I mean, look. I guess I'm woke. I wouldn't say I'm like the wokest, but you know, America's still. Oh, yeah, America's still America. <laughs> America's still America. Man, if there was a stock in racism and bigotry and fucking sexism, I would put all my money yeah, in. Oh, mean, we're oof. still a puritanical society. Oof. You know, we still kind of have this. Again, like if this was like Britney Spears or Miley Cyrus. If it was Miley Cyrus, she would probably be like lauded for like oh, her, yeah, no. you know. She, she was naked. I felt like there was something recently where she was butt-ass naked again. And I was like, come on, dog. Yeah. Yeah. Come and, on. And then, you know, it was funny too because like somebody actually posted a still from like the Laker dance, you know, because Lizzo got up when was dancing because the Laker dancers were dancing to her songs. And they're like, as still of the Laker dancers in booty shorts. <laughs> <laughs> and said, hey, like, this is acceptable, but this is not. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like this really interesting thing. Um, I'm really fascinated by Lizzo blowback just because it's just, I think it's it's so perplexing to a majority of Americans that I think a lot of the blowback is just like people not being able to process what Lizzo is, right? Yes. <laughs> and we discussed this off the record a couple, a couple, you know, a little yeah. bit ago. Yeah. Yeah. It's like we've never had, you know, like I said, like she, she's, 
you know, she's unapologetic. She's fat. She's big. She's black. And she's a pop star crossover, like, bonafide, like, sensation. Yeah. Right? We've had, like, larger black women, right? But we've, like, there's been the R&B space and the gospel space. They've kind of been in, in, like, that corner. Now this is, like, this person is, like, out there. And, and competing with your, she's competing with your Katy Perry. Yeah. She's competing with your Demi Lovato's. She's out there competing with your K-pop band. She's she's a pop star. Yeah. Pure. So she's breaking all of these rules, I think, that, that formed in our head about, like, what's normal. And not, not just, like, you know, like, because people are like, oh, it's white people. Like, no, it's black people. Like, the most hate I've seen from Lizzo is black, black Yeah, people. agreed. You know, and I think it's just, and also, too, like, she's like, you know, she, I guess, like, you know, now she's this crossover star, but, like, she also has this, like, very interesting sense of humor that's, like, very, it's like, somebody said, oh, it's, like, you're, like, white girl, like, black girl in an all-white high school trying to be black, you know? Which I'm, like, eh, yeah, okay. This little, yeah. You know, so, like, there's all these things that, like, I, I feel like people are just trying to wrestle with, and I think it's easier for them to push back than to accept. <laughs> yeah, and, and, you know? and like you said, it's, it's the idea of America is very puritanical, so it's very easy to be like, "Ooh, look at that!" You know, somebody who's uh, fitting the, the predescribed body. Like I said, like I said, it's it's obviously a lot of it is body shaming, but it's also an easy target where it's like, "Oh, she's got her ass out," so whoopity whoop 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 thought, whoopity whoop 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 ugly, whoopity whoop 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 all these things. And like we like we discussed, it's like there's a lot of interesting things about Lizzo. And the controversy that surrounds her, which shouldn't really be there, but it is there because she's a black woman in a certain kind of space. Yeah. You know, and it's a certain kind of space where, let's be honest, it's, it's a space for white women for the yeah. most part. You know, oh, plus, yeah. yeah. So it's like there's definitely a lot of things to unpack there. I think that there's a lot of good conversation to be had there. I think there's a lot of there's a lot of good critique to have towards her too. I think to a certain extent. Oh yeah, no. Yeah. So it's but it, but like you said it before, it's the idea of where like you know off the record because we we didn't want to say anything about bad about Lizzo on the record because we didn't want the shooters to come after us. <laughs> There's a lot of legit critics critique out there against Lizzo. Actually, I can't say against Lizzo. There's a lot of good critiques to examine why we feel about the way Lizzo feels. But the thing is, we get tripped tripped up into the regular American bullshit. That's fucking sexism. That's racism. That's Christianity. That's all this other shit. You know, that's expectation. That's clout. That's all this other stuff. I think it's very interesting to have this woman making this music that's kind of like a little bit watered down pop crossover R&B. Yeah. At a time where regular ass, hood ass, black music in form of hip hop, trap hip hop, is crossing over as big. I think there's an interesting conversation there to see how, like, you know, is, is like, you know, how is she... You know, it's, we're in a space of where she's as big as Migos, but Migos makes shit that pumps hard in fucking Atlanta. Lizzo, not so much. You, she's in a space of where, you know, she's crossing over and getting accepted by all these white audiences, but at the same time, people are going in on, say, some walker for being, quote-unquote, too hood. There's a lot of there's a lot of racial yeah. dynamics here happening. Yeah, and, and I, I actually love the complexity of this argument just because, like... Life is complex. It's complex. It's 2019. Man, I was awesome ass thesis, man. Yeah. I'd be out there quoting everything. You know, like, you know hit some friends for not. Because I like with the whole like with the Ari Linux and like you know like oh she got some for they, I guess they, she had to defend her nose recently on online. Yeah, yeah. but it's just it's, you know it's just like I, I, look I feel like pure R and B the blackity black version. 
it's never I, I wouldn't say it's never crossed over but it's like it struggles to cross over yeah you know and uh, there's reasons for that a lot of it's cultural racism and things like that you know and unfortunately if like Lizzo makes you know look she makes pop hits she makes like pop acid like she makes hits that like I could easily see kind of a Katy Perry watering down even further <laughs> oh yeah no <laughs> you absolutely. Know, but, but she makes pop hits and you know what? Like, why is that a problem? I, I understand. Okay, all right. I'll take that back. I understand why it's a problem. Like, people feel like it's a problem because, like, people feel like if you're a black artist, you need to really kind of like put out the black struggle yeah, to the masses. But is that even fair? Is does Lizzo have not, to be the the, the the why does? And I get the that's idea. That's not her of, voice. That's, that's not, not her. Voice. You know. And it's the idea of where you know even Beyonce had years of just being playing Beyonce before she decided to kind of say, all right, let me put a little bit more socio political yeah. things in my music. It's a little bit, you know, the idea of where, you know, hashtag not your mule is the idea of where why can't Lizzo just be a happy pop star and not have to represent all these fucking ideals? I think a lot of us in general, in real life, we're like, why do I have to be the token black guy? Yeah. Why am I fucking with the guys in the office looking at me when I want to talk about the NBA or fucking hip hop? You know, it's the idea. And I think that we kind of put a lot of that on Lizzo, too. You know, like I said, I see both sides, and it's 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 very complex. But I like going back to the whole point we brought it up is this particular argument though was just fucked up. It's just fucked up because it's like there's a big black girl wearing a thong, and we find it uncomfortable. So fuck you. Yeah, no, I mean definitely. I I, I really hope Lizzo's getting therapy because yeah. like I I just feel like just like I'm triggered every time I see like I open up my Twitter. I'm like, and people are going in on Lizzo. I'm just yeah, like, it's just, it's, it's, I feel like I'm the defender. I'm not even a big fan, and it's like yeah, fucking, you know. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like I mean, the whole Rikishi like comparisons, yeah. you know. It's just like, oh, yeah. yeah. Anyway, anyway. Yeah, Lizzo, you know, insert the meme of Zombieland where uh, you know, the house and is crying with money in his face. You know, count, count that cash. Yeah, yeah. Just, 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 count that cash. Just stack it. Just stack it. Yeah, but, stack paper. But anyway, uh, oh, so we have a little truncated version of new music. I'll start off with my my new music is not necessarily new. It goes back to the idea of the music industry. So <laughs> basically, going into the last decade, you know, if, for you kiddies out there, you know, it was, the, it was the aughts, different time. Urban Outfitters was cool. You know, we all had personality glasses. There were a lot of free parties with free alcohol, free shitty alcohol. <laughs> Shouts to Four Loco. But uh, there was a, a, basically a dude who came out of the more of the UK garage dubstep called Burial. And at that time, he was very popular, very revolutionary because he kind of took a lot of that song ideas. It kind of basically made song collages where you would have a lot of these ghostly voices. Yeah. So as opposed to genre that tends to be very, you know, I don't see let's say necessarily R&B, but very strong, simple vocals. They were very obscure. They were very like copy pasted, intentionally dusty. And he basically, you know, towards the end of the decade was this big, you know, figure in in electronic music. Part a lot of it because he was very mysterious. Yeah. Um, since then he's come out. And what's been fascinating for me is the fact of where so he had these two huge albums towards the end of that decade. He hasn't released any albums since. What he's basically done is dropped either singles or EPs over the past ten years. And last Friday, they compiled everything up into, wow, almost two and a half hours of music. Wow. So it's crazy because, first of all, even though he hasn't dropped an album, he's dropped an album. It's like two and a half hours is basically three albums. Yeah. Which is basically, you know, three-year average if you think about it, you know, over a decade. So that's kind of crazy. It also kind of makes you think about how we consume music now because he's somebody where 
he was regularly dropping albums, you know, at the start of his career, too, very relatively quick, relatively quickly for a quick turnaround time. He spent 10 years not releasing shit except for these EPs, these fucking singles. Half of them without any fucking real album covers to them. It's just fucking records. Yeah. And he's presumably has a successful career. I doubt he's a got a day job. Yeah. So it's kind of fascinating to kind of A, have these works put together. And the thing is, like, these works work together as a whole, cohesive whole. There's a, I mean, I don't want to get too much into the weeds, but there's definitely been a big stylistic shift the way he kind of does music, where before it used to be these nice little concise four-minute songs. Now all these songs are like 10, 15 minutes longs, and they're basically like blends themselves. As if, whereas they're, you know, one song begins, it ends, it's fucked up on purpose. It's, it's like these little weird mini like mixtapes within these little 10-minute songs. But it's kind of fascinating to kind of see an artist like A kind of walk away from the album format and kind of still successfully put out high quality music, you know, that you could, if you want to, you could put it to an album if you want to, or you could listen to it as singles or as EPs, whatever. Mm. So it's kind of interesting to kind of see, you know, like looking at Burial, it's kind of interesting to see how, I guess, the way the music might look 10, 20 years from now as you kind of move further away from the album format. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. And of course it bangs, so I like it. That's what's up. That's what's up. I'll check it out. Uh, So you put on here in the notes uh, the new... Kringbin, Kringbin, is, is it Kringbin? Kringbin, yeah, no, we're, 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 we're New York City public school system from my in my ends, <laughs> Alabama, Alabama on your ends. <laughs> These are very high quality school systems. Trust me, it's nationally known. <laughs> so you know the way we say it is the way it's actually pronounced. <laughs> uh, Kringbin and Leon Bridges had a uh, track Texas Sun, which I listened to. Um, I don't know what your thoughts are about it. I I think was a little bit underwhelmed, and it's only just because like I don't want Crane Ben to be a backing band. Like I don't want them to like have somebody singing over their shit. Yeah, I, I, I you know I I'm, it's not even that. It's the idea of where I think, and I like the idea of a project where you've got these two native sons of Texas for yeah, the most part. Yeah. Kind of coming together and doing Texas music, which has a country twang to it, but it's not country music. Yeah. So I love the idea of a project. I think it's fun. It's cool. I think the idea of where their strengths aren't necessarily their strengths, meaning that so Crying Wing does really funky, bass heavy, just head naughty kind of. You know, I mean, I try, I'm trying to think of what it is, but stuff where you imagine marijuana smoking the yeah, air. It's like a, so yeah, it's a vibe. It's like a psychedelic yeah. instrumental. Like, they might have some backing vocals, but yeah. it's like purely instrumental. But yeah, it's, like, it's right. It's yeah, like, it's, it's, and, and Leon Bridges <laughs> is pure soul blue. So it's almost yeah. like, you know, on one hand, you got a whole bunch of potheads in a room just waking and baking. On the other hand, you got a whole bunch of old black dudes smoking fucking Newport, drinking fucking Hennessy. Those are two <laughs> kind of different crowds. Um, I do like it as a project. I think it works, but for caveat, I think the song is fine. I think that if I heard the song without knowing what it was, who was involved with it, I'd be like, "Oh, this is a cool song." I like I said, the only thing for me where I said is the idea of where I think Leon Bridges has a better Texas song in him, and I think Kwame Brin has a better Texas song in them. Oh yeah, no, definitely. definitely. Like I, I I was actually kind of surprised when this popped up. The algorithm fed me this. You're like, you don't like this bitch. Take it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but, you know, I, like, so, yeah, Kareem Ben has been, it's like this, I, like I said, it's purely kind of instrumental band. Um, no vocal, I mean, the minimal vocals, like, no, like, voice, like, you know, like, verse, chorus, verse type of vocals. Yeah. And I think that's worked well for them. That's like, 
like differentiate themselves like them from like every other like you know rock band out there you know and i think it's made them cool and like cool to the point where you can hear their music like in, in any trendy store in brooklyn or la or whatever you know like they they kind of reached that epitome and i feel like having somebody sing over it it no longer becomes like their thing yeah it's just it sounds more like a leon bridges song and you know it's 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 a i'm not a huge leon bridges fan so i just kind of thought it's like it's it's like a mediocre leon bridges song it Uh, is i guess it's it's Um, you know but i i I really kind of hope that um (laughs) i don't know this doesn't happen again It's got an EP. Bad. It's gonna happen very, at least very, four more, t- three more times after uh, this one. I feel very, very bad about, uh, about saying that. No, I mean, like, look, I, like, get get that paper, you know, get that paper. But yeah, um, I, I, guess uh, I, I, I feel like, like, you're right. Like, they both have strengths outside of this collaboration, and I feel like they're not leaning into these strengths uh, for this, you know. And even back to your point, with Leon Bridges, like, like, like he takes over because it's literally soul music. It's like he could do a lot of things of vocals. But soul music and vocals are like, that's it. Like, that's everything. That's the main focus. So to have an instrumental band whose strengths are instrumentals and have Leon Bridges come in there, it's not... (laughs) On paper, it works, but not really. Yeah. Because it's got to be heavy vocals. Yeah, you know, and there's been, like, really successful collaborations with, like, you know, these backing bands and artists. So, like, you know, say... Um, the Daft Kings or like Bad Bad Not Good and like the what was it Menahine Street Street Band like where it's just like but I also feel like those bands are kind of tuned up for somebody to take over the lead vocals yeah whereas Korean Band is something where it's like they are the lead vocals yeah <laughs> like the band itself like takes place of like a vocalist yeah right? no, they lay a groove down you know the guitar comes in there does a little verse the bass line switches a little bit to add a little bit of color there yeah it's, 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 it's that's their strength yeah know? so uh yeah, yeah that's, that's yeah. my opinion so, so shout out to experimentation and mediocre yeah, songs i'm probably not gonna be able to to, to go to uh texas anytime nah, soon that's all right you know all they have is fucking mediocre beer and guns and great fucking oh, barbecue. barbecue fuck damn <laughs> He's gonna have to go to the state next door and have him imported. Cross over the lines. <laughs> and, and on that note, ladies and gents, we're back after going out there traveling, seeing the world. We're here in mundane NYC and we'll be transmitting to you for the near future every week. The snow, fam. We've got no lies. We're gonna be it's either this or Netflix and chill. <sighs> you know, that's it. We could Netflix and, and chill and, and podcast. And, whoa, whoa, that, that know, takes some of, skills, man. Yeah, a lot, a lot of sexy music in the background. Play yep. that, you know, that crime bin. <laughs> <laughs> As I lay down my sexy verses <laughs> to my young lady. <laughs> Ooh, but on that note, thanks for sticking with us. We love y'all. We'll be back next week. Peace. Peace.